take out your Bibles. Get ready for a flood. So we're going to look at a couple different verses, a lot in chapter 7, but how many of y'all realize that Noah was given the Torah before Moses? Saying some bold stuff here, aren't I? Say, Rabbi, what's in your water? I'm telling you, though. So how can we say that Noah knew the Torah first? So he did walk with God, right? So let's take a peek. Open your Bibles. We're going to look at a couple different things. We're going to look first. I don't need serious help. So first, you don't have to go to this yet. You go ahead and go to chapter 7, verse 1 to start with. But I want to read something here in verse 6. It says, The account of Noah, Noah was a godly man. He was blameless among his contemporaries. He walked with God. Right? He had three sons. We know from the previous chapter that he was 500 years old before he had his first kids. 500 years old. Could you imagine that? That, You know, so he was a youngin', right? Then we're going to look at verse 7. So starting in verse 1, we're going to go read verses 1 through 4, and then we're going to skip around a little, right? Chapter Genesis chapter 7, right? You all with me? All right. I'm going to clean my glasses here real quick. It says, Then the Lord said to Noah, What? Come you... I don't have my glasses on, so I can't read. Come you and all your household into the ark, for you only do I preserve as righteous before me in this generation. So let's talk about the ark for a minute. Alright? Boat was never in existence at this point, right? God tells him, I want you to make this thing, and it's huge, right? Multi-levels, 450 feet long, 75 feet high. And how wide was it? Who remembers? Come on, come on. 75 feet wide, 45 feet tall. That was a big ship. Some of you have gone to see the uh, recreation of it. Um, Pretty big, huh? And he didn't have seers, right? He didn't have craftsman tools. He didn't have saws. He had a... How long did it take them to build that? People say a hundred, we don't know. We know that he was, he had his kids at 500 and they didn't get on the boat till 600, right? So it took him a while to build this boat. First of all, you can imagine all the people making fun of him, right? Hey Noah, what you building? An ark? What's an ark, right? They thought he was building the first Motel 6, right? Well, they had no idea what was going on. Probably some people thought he was crazy. But he wasn't that wacko crazy. He was just like, he had to be out there because he was considered righteous, right? So people, he was normal, 
somebody was building this big boat. They didn't have, you know, a river around there, did they? He didn't have a car to pull that boat. He was just building. He was building the first boathouse with no water. Right? And it says he builds this boat. He gets it all ready. People are still making fun of him, right? This was not a nice generation, remember? They were wicked, right? So they weren't being nice to him. And then we see in verse 2, Of every clean animal you shall take with you, seven of each kind, male and female, and of the animals which themselves are not clean, two male and two female. Proof number one. Go back for a second on that. Clean and unclean. How did he know what was clean and unclean? So the Bible, had, he already had to know that from the Scripture that the, this commandment, right, of clean and unclean animals revealed to Noah. Noah, who was the first non-Jew, right? He was not Jewish, wasn't the first, right? So he's not Jewish. So who did God give clean and unclean animals to first? The Gentiles, right? There were no Jews at this point. So he gave kosher, so when your friends start talking to you about that they can eat whatever they want, say, well, were you descendant of Noah? They go, yes. Then what does that mean? Can't eat it, right? Because Noah, we're going to get to that in a second. I'll give you their argument in a second, right? But so this was given to the Gentiles first, that they should not, you as Gentiles should not eat unclean animals, Right? It's going to mess up. Some of you are going, I'm taking notes on this one, Rabbi. Monday morning, I'm going into my friend's office who eats the ham sandwich there, and I'm going to show him this, right? This is some good stuff. Now let's go on to the next verse. Also of the flying creatures of the sky, seven of every kind, male and female, to keep offspring alive on the face of the whole earth. Key point here. Why is he saying seven of them? Right? So, first of all, what do we also have to remember this about the time of Noah? Noah was a what? Besides righteous man, what did he eat? He was a vegetarian. Everyone was, right? So, this here is very interesting too. They weren't eating meat back then, right? Now, the question is, were animals eating meat? Don't know. I kind of doubt it, right? I think God did a whole big change. Right? But right at this point, we're, the, these guys, Noah and them are all vegetarians. So all you Gentiles should also be vegetarians. Just kidding. You know, it's only one person clapped. <laughs> she is the off, definite offspring of Noah, right? <laughs> she is keeping that hope alive. <laughs> she is the last of a dying breed. <laughs> But we appreciate her, don't we? It reminds us of what we could have done. <laughs> I love the fact that she's a vegetarian. That's more meat for me. <laughs> right? All right, let's get on. So this was good. So now, 
For in seven more days, I'm going to what? Make it rain upon the land. Forty days and forty nights, I will wipe out all the existence that I made from the face of the ground. Key point here. We, how many of y'all have this image that as soon as it started raining, the waters, the flood waters came up and that was it, they were wiped out? No, it was a slow death. It took days, right? I mean, we just saw what that storm did, right? But how many remember a couple hours after the storm? It was like, okay, it's gone, right? Maybe it had some wind, but that was it. No, this was, you know, we saw the aftermath of what it did, right? But the waters did what? They receded. These waters aren't receding, right? This, God opened up the floodgates of heaven, it says. He, he opened up every valve there was. And the ark was lifted up. It wasn't just thrown up. In other words, the water came. So people all of a sudden started seeing the waters come. And what were they doing? Man, they were trying to get no, is it not knocking on the door, right? But another thing that's interesting is we continue to read. We're going to go down to verse 16. We're going to read verses 16 and 17 next. It says, Those that came, male and female, and all flesh, came just as God commanded them. And what then Adonai shut him in. And you think about, you know, remember it talks about what he, you know, he tells him to take this wood and put pitch on the inside and the outside, right? But where you have the, but when you have a door, what do you have? There's a gap, right? What would happen with that water? Pour in, Right? But what does God do? God seals them in himself. In other words, he closes off that little gap that's in there to make sure that that boat is going to float. So God himself shuts them in. Verse 17. The flood, waters, uh, the flood was 40 days upon the land, and the waters increased and lifted the ark so that it rose above the land. So it wasn't a rough, these weren't rough seas, were they? This was just raising it up. How high did it go? It says 20 feet above the highest mountain. Highest mountain is Mount Everest. How many feet is it? 29,029 feet. So that means that the water covered 29,049 feet. To give you an idea, when you fly in a plane, when we fly above the ground, how many feet is that? 30,000. So next time you're on a plane, and the pilot says we're now cruising at 30,000 feet, where's Steve? He's here, I saw him earlier. He's out there, right? You look down, and that's how much water was over the earth. Think about that. That's a massive amount of water that covered the earth. Every living creature was wiped out. But what was left on that one boat, 
that one bit of safety that God promised. He protected us from the ends of the world with one boat, with a whopping, how many people on it? Eight people and a ton of animals. That was a lot of work. Can you imagine having to feed all the animals every day? And who took, I, I could see Shem right now going, it ain't my turn to shovel. I did it last week, right? Must not have been a fun job, but they had to do it. Forty days it covered the earth. So now what do we see here? So we see, A, that God himself protects us, right? God is the one who covers it up. Forty days he lifts it over the earth. We see again that he has preserved the animals. Now we're going to go to chapter 8. Verse 17, chapter 8, verse 17, and then we're going to go to 20 and 21. Right, so now the boat's finally landed, right? It says, now bring out, uh, then Noah, yeah, 2017, thank you. Every animal that is with you, all of the flesh, including the flying creatures, livestock, and every crawling creature that crawls on the land, bring out with you and let them swarm in the land. And what? Be fruitful and multiply upon the Lord. The same promise that he made to Adam and Eve, he now again is making to Noah and his offspring. What is that answer? Be fruitful and multiply. Produce the next generation. I have a hand up. Why the mosquito? Very good question. So we needed the mosquitoes so that you could have spiders. I'll let you think about that one. I don't like spiders. I don't know. Why mosquitoes? Because they're needed. Why? Ask God. I'm not a scientist. Anyone know why mosquitoes? What? Spider food, there you go, it. <laughs> they had to take care of the poop probably, who knows. <laughs> Alright, somebody Google it real quick. Why do <laughs> Right? But but God did create even the mosquitoes, right? And he told them to swarm and they had to be multi they had to multiply, right? And what happens? then God makes another promise here. So he tells them to be fruitful, multiply again. God's given us control. Then verse 20. So Noah came up. Uh, then Noah built an ark to Adonai. And he took what? Every, an altar. Thank you. He built an altar to Adonai. She's all about the mosquito. She's got my mind all messed up. <laughs> then the, Noah built an altar to Adonai. And he took every clean domestic animal and of every clean flying creature and what offered burnt offerings on the altar. So not only they had no they were clean animals, right? He also now took them and they he made a sacrifice. So we now see again other commandments that God revealed to them. We know the 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 idea of the altar being built is nothing new. We had it at uh, Adam and Eve, right? But here we have Noah now building it and making up an offering to Adonai. 
So who made the first offerings to Adonai? The Jews or the Gentiles? Gentiles. So you guys got to see, you thought we were the first on everything. We're not. You guys have some first here, right? You're in the books. So y'all brought the offerings before the Lord, right? Then verse 21. When Adonai smelled the smooth aroma, Adonai said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground on account of man, even though the inclination of the heart of humankind is evil from youth. So what do we see this? Original sin, right? So we see how all these things are being revealed here before Moses. All this information is given. So when we look at these in the eyes of of the, uh, the promise of our Messiah, we see what God's bringing forth here, right? But then he makes another great promise. Oops. Let's go to verse, chapter 9, verse 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 5, just so you have it ready back there. And then we're going to go on to verse 13. So here, God blessed Noah and his son. So what do we see also here? Commandment of God blessing his, his children, right? And said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the land. The fear and terror of you will be on every wild animal and on every flying creature of the sky with everything that crawls on the earth and with all the fish of the sea into your hands they are given. So what do we know here? Dinosaurs no longer exist. Now that's a bold statement, Rabbi. How do you get that from that? Think about it. We'd be pretty afraid of dinosaurs, wouldn't we? We're now in control, right? Every living creature is under our control. So this is the, the, the dinosaurs are wiped out by this time. By the flood, all the dinosaurs are gone. How do we know that? Because they're now our oil, right? That's what they are now, right? They're the fossil fuels. So we see, you know, and when they do, when they've done these scientific, you know, they do these digs and everything, and they'll find remains of one animal and another animal that's supposed to be like two million years later and they're on the same level. Doesn't work, does it? Right? They have found on top of Mount, on the mountains, they found fossils of fish. Right? How did it come from there? The flood. The waters receded, the fish stayed up, that's it, they're gone. Right? Every known faith has an account of a great flood taking place. So this is one thing that we can really understand here, right? So God has, again, made this promise to be fruitful and multiply. He's given us now dominion over all the creatures of the earth. Verse 3. Every crawling thing that is alive will be what? Food for you. As are the green plants, I have now given you everything. That means we can eat the pigs. Come on, we have a pig roast, right? God said it right there, every living thing, right? How many of your friends will read that one verse? And they'll say, see, we can eat whatever we want. Even the green stuff, right? 
for our vegetarian friends that are out there, there are plants that we can't eat, correct? Like what? Give me an example. Do you know of one? Poison ivy. We can't. No, we can't. We don't rub up again. We can eat it, can't we? Nope. Okay. What else? There's certain mushrooms you might eat. Might feel real wild, but right. <laughs> For you kids in the '60s, we're not going there, right? There's certain things that even though they're green, we can't eat, right? There are animals, even though there are animals that we can't eat, right? Because if we, if if they got off the boat. Moses read that and got, let's he's a good Gentile, right? What do Gentiles love to do? Roast a pig. Right? They get that first, they're, they're done, they're extinct. So he knew that God was talking about the seven, the clean animals, right? So again, God's revealing to him what we should eat. But here's what makes it even more interesting as we continue to read. Verse 4. Only flesh with its life that is, blood must what? Not eat. We can't eat the blood. Here's another one. You know, Leviticus 17:11, For the life is in the blood, right? So again, he reveals to us another commandment. So we see again all these things taking place. You guys got another one. Be proud, right? You can put these up against us. We were, you guys were first. I'm doing something that most Jews don't do, revealing the truth that you guys were the first to keep kosher. Right? It's kind of cool. So we see here all these promises, right? Verse 5. Surely your lifeblood will I avenge. For every animal and for every person will I avenge uh, it. From every person's brother I will avenge that person's life. Right? So the promise of we know is in the blood. We have to make sure about this. Now, to finish up this, we want to look at verse 13. So what does God do to remember this? He says, I'm going to make a rainbow, right? My rainbow do I place in the cloud, and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and who? The land, not the people. This promise is from God to the land. Right? That I will no longer destroy the land by water. Not us. Right? He could still come and drown us. That's going to, you know, we, we all thought that was it, we're done. No. Right? This is a promise that God made to the earth. Now I'm sounding like one of those Greenpeace people, right? So we see here this picture of God's promise. And I love the, the understanding of the rainbow. How many of y'all like to see rainbows? Right, they're kind of cool, come on. How many of you have seen the ends of the rainbows? Have you ever seen ends? How many, how many of you have seen both, ends, bo both sides? I was in Israel, of all places. And we, I remember it was one of our first trips to Israel. And we were right at the Sea of Galilee, and we were going up to this mountain because back then we were younger, we were going to um, go up to this area with, with uh, my uh, brother Luik, who, loved to, who is older than dirt and um, is still healthy as can be. And he took us up to this mountain, and we saw, as we were going up, a rainbow. 
But when we got on top of the mountain, not only did we see that rainbow where it, where it end on one end, we saw where it ended on the other. So what did we immediately do? No, we ran to the end of the rainbow to get the pot of gold. Come on, people. <laughs> All y'all want to do is take pictures, right? <laughs> I want to see the, there was no pot of gold. So the Irish, sorry, guys. <laughs> there was nothing there. That was the neatest thing to see both ends of it. But what's neat about the rainbow, it's to imagine it as a bow and arrow, right? And if you're going to your enemy to show that you're coming in peace, what do you, how would you carry your bow? Facing the, the bow part would be facing you. So that the string part's facing out, right? Showing that you're coming in peace. So when we see the ark, what do we see? We see the bow part, right? God coming down, remembering it in peace that he will no longer destroy the land. So we see, again, beautiful pictures of the, of the Torah being revealed to the nations, to the Gentiles, before it's even brought to the Jewish people. See, God's salvation is not only to the Jew, but to the Gentile as well. And we see this beautiful picture of it. So when Paul says to the Jew first, it might be how it was then, but how it was in the beginning was to the Gentile, right? He, God brought us his salvation for both Jew and Gentile alike. No difference. Same promises. And a beautiful picture that God gives us here as he destroys the earth and begins it all over again, right? He gives us a new beginning. The same promise he gives us in his son, Yeshua, who is our, new, who, who is our ark, isn't he? He's the one who protects us. And we get sheltered in. When we, when we accept Yeshua into our heart, we enter into his ark, into his safety. And it will get us through the storms. And then when God's ready to resettle and make us anew, he will put us back out on dry land so that we can be fruitful and multiply. And that's the promise that we see here. God revealing the truth as he comes out in the word. So how many of you are ready to enter the flood? How many of y'all ready to be lifted up? Because we have that salvation. Amen? I want everyone to bow your head and close your eyes. Salvation starts with acceptance of His Son Yeshua into your heart. That's how God protects you from the storm. But you have to make a choice. Are you ready to say yes to him? With every eye closed and every head bowed. If you're watching on TV, you see our information on the screen right now. All you need to do is contact us wherever you are around the world. And we will pray with you that prayer of salvation. But if you're here right now and you're ready to say yes to him, all you need to do is raise your hand and say a simple prayer. Is there anyone? 
anyone at all. Then, Abba Father, as we come before you right now, Lord, continue to guide us. Reveal to us your word. Show us your truth. Lord, let us be in your ark. Let us be in your protection. We ask this in your Son Yeshua's name. Everyone said? Amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand. Amen.